1: Welcome into On to presented by Tops. Check out Tops Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Tops baseball cards. And that is the end of my positive vibes uh, for the rest of this podcast. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm Brett Taylor. I'm joined by Sahadev Sharma. We're here to talk Cubs. And when you are here to talk Cubs after the series that we just <laughs> endured, uh, you can either go real sour, real blue. Uh, or you can just uh, go a little lighthearted, like uh, eat at Arby's. The, the sun <laughs> is going to rapidly expand eventually, and we're all just like chilling until then. Uh, so, so that's what this podcast is going to be. I mean, I think we'll, yeah. we'll talk some embrace. We'll talk some like
2: our eventual e- deaths.
1: <laughs> yes, I mean, like we'll talk. We'll talk what's coming this month, and and talk about the series and and all of that kind of stuff. But I think I would. Yeah, I would advise folks at the outset of this, and I have tried to do so myself since, um, eh, what about the third inning yesterday? I've tried to advise myself that um, I, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be happier if I just sort of uh, embrace the absurdity of of what could have been in this series. And then how far and completely in the other direction it was. In fact, I'll put it to you, this t- to you, Sahadev. Do you remember we wrapped the podcast on Monday? Yeah. Um. And we and we were like, what? So we had just see or was it Tuesday morning? Okay. And it was after the first ridiculous loss. Yeah. It was, and we were like, you know what's going to happen? They're going to split the final two games of this series. So we will you know, we'll leave the series being like, we don't know what to say. Where, are the, What are the Cubs going to do? And as soon, you know, game ends yesterday or whatever, and we're emailing with our producer, Michael, and I'm like, well, at least the Cubs hooked us up. Like, <laughs> there's no two ways about this conversation for this podcast after the series uh, wrapped the way it did.
2: Yeah. And you know what? Oh, as much as, well, let's just talk about that game. First of all, I mean, you're up seven, nothing. And I don't know about, cubs fans in general probably you know i i know they're very reactionary or fans in general are reactionary so so i assume uh people were were wondering what arietta would do but i i immediately before he took them out i was like we got to see what he has here like it Ross may have to have a quick hook. I, I don't know like what Jake Arrieta has left anymore. And I kind of went into the start thinking that like this was a big start for him because it's obviously it's a big series. Ross admitted that. I, I think the team obviously knows that you're playing the team you're chasing. The deadline's a month away. Uh, these things matter. And and Arietta, I mean, look at his – you want to say that his last start in, in L.A. was a positive step forward. I'm not sure I'd look at it that way. Uh, he had to really struggle through five innings, and that's feels like his ceiling right now, right? Battling through five innings and getting lucky to be only two runs allowed against a, a solid lineup, right? Uh, one that was actually scuffling, right, at, at the time when when he faced them. Uh, so it it felt almost immediately like, I don't know how this is going to go. And that first inning, you're like, okay, he escaped. Can he settle down? Obviously, he didn't, right? And, and immediately, I I think immediately you have to start at that moment. You're thinking, what do they do? What, what do they do with this rotation spot? Because he's not giving them a chance to win. He was handed. It's not that he was not giving them a chance to win in the sense that, oh, he's putting them in a hole immediately. He was given a 7-0 lead, and he had almost no chance of holding that. He couldn't throw strikes. He has no out pitch. He is not the pitcher. We knew he wasn't going to be the pitcher that he was before, right? But he he's, he has no stuff to get guys out. He has nothing that he can go to. It's like, oh, this is tough. Okay, I can go to this pitch. I can go to this. He doesn't have that. He doesn't have that, and he doesn't have his, the command. He's never had command. So uh, so what do you have? You have a guy that that blew a 7-0 lead in in two innings like it happened so quickly that's that's not acceptable and that's not you can't call yourself a contender when that guy's in your rotation I don't think you can I I think that's that's what I came away with from that game you want to get back in this race you want to call yourself a contender fine there's a month to do that and I think it's fair for them to say that and believe that, uh, even if we're not going to fully believe that, uh, Jed Hoyer doesn't need to sell on July first. There's no reason to rush through things right now. They have a chance to prove that they're better. They can't have Jake Arrieta on the mound anymore if that's their statement. If that, if what they're telling us is we are a winning ball club that's competing not only for this division but to go deep in October, and we need to prove to our general man or our team president that that we need the reinforcements come the end of this month because we deserve that. They 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 can't go out there and, and they can't tell us that and then send Jake Arietta out there once again.
1: Well and I think that David Ross had the had the right response when he was asked, you know, like is, is Jake Arietta essentially is he gonna be holding on to his rotation spot? What are you going to do? Um it it was it was correct for the manager to say in that situation, well, you know, we're gonna evaluate so you defer and you say, I don't even know who I'd replace him with. Right. And th- that's the correct response because we know the situation This uh, the Cubs have had this issue with their available arms for the rotation all year. But the problem is I can answer that question. Who are you going to replace him with? I-, I could name some guys, you know, there, there, it's not as if there is literally nobody. It's, it's just that there's nobody that, you know, would be a clear upgrade. Like yeah. there are other guys that might struggle just as much as he does, but you know what? we'd get information from that, right? Like if you, if you stretch Keegan Thompson back out and you try to get four or five innings from him and he struggles, well, that's valuable. It's valuable for development purposes. It's de- valuable for information going forward purposes. Um, same with a number of other guys that would be able to swap into that spot um, with Arietta, I think it, we don't we're, We don't intend to come off as like just ripping the guy. Cause it's not about that. And it's, it's about taking a, an honest evaluation of his ability to help the Cubs compete right now. And I don't think it's unfair, as Saadiv suggested, as I wrote this morning. I, I just don't think it's unfair to say, OK, we've seen enough. And that's that. And I think that's you have to keep in mind that the context for that is not just his performance this year. It's that this is who he was the last two years in Philadelphia. And the Cubs brought him back on the hope that, well, reunite him with a pitching infrastructure that helped him succeed previously. Maybe they can help him transition into a different phase of his career with a different approach, different stuff, etc. cetera. That was the chance they were taking. Okay. Well, it didn't work. He's basically been the same guy, maybe a worse version of the guy he was in Philadelphia. And so it isn't, it, it's not like you have a good reason to believe or suspect that he's going to turn it from here. You know, th- there's just no evidence for that. Might he Sure, in the, you know, lots of things are possible. Um, if he catches on with another organization after the Cubs DFA him, if it comes to that, might he turn things around a little bit and be a passable back end starter? Yeah, maybe. Sure, who knows? But I, but you have to look at it as we sit here today, and there's just nothing in the evidence of, of how he performed recently, how he has performed this year with the Cubs, how his any analytical deep dive you want to take, whether it's into the Statcast data, whether it's into his his performance results peripherals under the hood there's just nothing that tells you oh you know what we need to give this more time because this is how it's going to improve and for that reason i don't really see how or why even if it's almost even if you set aside the hopes that they could turn it around in july as a team and compete i just don't see the reason other than it's jake arietta and you don't want to dump him because there's this bond and nostalgia and stuff And and i i think that maybe if it were a different circumstance and the Cubs were way out of it, you'd you say, fine, ride it, ride it out. Cause Hey, then maybe he can help you lose some games. Wink, <laughs> wink. Uh, but that's not the situation. I mean, I think, it, let, let's actually like, we can use this as a transition point to like what's coming for the Cubs. I, I think that uh, I I agree with Sahadi. There's no, there's no point in like selling on July one because there's a lot of like pragmatic reasons why there's no point. The market's not developed. So there's, you might get a one-off deal if some team approaches you about one of your relievers. And yeah, I could yeah. maybe be talked into that being a, you know, if someone comes to you and is like, we just desperately want Dan Winkler right now. Okay. We could talk about that. Cause the Cubs can, could make that move and not really sacrifice a lot, but actually becoming an active seller in the market, but you're just not going to have the right field of buyers to work with right now anyway. Um, so You can kind of cast that aside and what you're left with, especially after a series like that is if I'm Jed, I'm kind of like, okay, well, hands off now. We're going to just, we're riding this. We're going to see where things are at the all-star break. Go with God. Do what you do for the next 12 days
2: yeah I mean it, you you hit on uh, one point I was like I I'm, I'm writing about this right now and it's and I think there's no yes, Cubs fans may have decided this team isn't good enough and it's time to sell i I, I think I mostly agree that they're going they're sellers. Uh, I, I really do believe that there was something in May. Uh, and and I think that has informed uh all of us and, and taught us taught me at least a lot about how valuable different types of hitters are. Uh, you can't just have this lineup, uh, the way it was. And I, I, I we knew that, right? I've written about that. You've written about it for years now, right? And I, I think that may was valuable to see that to see it play out. And I was just going to say, can we just say, we've talked about it for years, but we've never
1: had even a single month to see, like, two regular starters who were different, a different type yes. of hitter getting daily, you know, uh, Yeah,
2: I mean, we saw it with Dex and Zoe, right? But I don't think we processed how much it mattered. That's, right? You're right. Good. Yes, well put, so, well put. So now, like, we've seen it again. It's like, yes, that's what it was. And and you saw it, and it does matter. And, and I think uh, we can use that information going forward. I just don't think there's any way to be- trust that it can happen again this year. And this is why. Right now you're dealing with, th- and this is also why there's no reason for Jed Hoyer to rush uh, to do trades. Someone comes and says, hey, we want Andrew Chafin really badly. Here's uh, one of our top 10 prospects. Okay, yeah, go do that. Uh, Dan Winkler, sure. But Ryan Tapere is hurt right now. Uh, Anthony Rizzo is slumping and his back is bothering him and he he's he hasn't played the last 3 games. Chris Bryant is slumping and he's injured right now and he hasn't played the last 2 games. Uh who else would you trade? Craig Kimberl, who's who's a better reliever? Who's even close? Who's even close? That's on the market. That's a better reliever. Do you need to rush a trade for that? Unless someone comes and says, here's, you know, unless the Rays want to offer you Wander Franco, which is never happening. And I'm just, (laughs) you know, pulling a nonsensical name out of my butt. That's not happening. So uh, there's no reason to rush that. They have all the leverage on him right now with him you wait you wait un- uh, until there's teams are like crap we need a closer that's our missing piece uh, i think you to- did we talk about this on tuesday uh where you know like the cubs acted that was their missing piece uh, in in 2016 with chapman and some team is going to come after them come to them and say hey this is our missing piece uh houston doesn't have a, a really good bullpen right they look like a really good team right now uh, there's plenty of teams. We can we can talk about that in the future. Uh, it, there's uh, Javier Baez, slumping. Uh, Ian Happ, if you want to move someone that has control, slumping. There's no one that's at their peak value that you're like, you know what, we got to move them now. So why rush? Why bother with that? Wait the two weeks. Wait, Nico Horner probably comes back around this weekend unless there's something weird that goes on. He's probably coming back. It, it's still, for me, it's... Like I said, I, you, we can be patient. You can give them this month. I just don't see how it turns for the main reason being that they're not healthy. And and they can't go out and give them that starting pitcher because that makes no sense. You don't know if you're a buyer yet and you're going to buy in, in early July to supplement a, a, a roster that doesn't look like it's good enough to win right now because it's not healthy and it's banged up. And you're just using too many depth pieces too often. They're on their fifth backup catcher. Tyler Gushu's playing regularly or I I don't know. I like it's, it's gotten bad, right? (laughs) Can I just say, by the way, and this is not a criticism of you at all
1: because it was perfect. Um, you managed to muck up both halves of his name. That's how far down did on the I list say Tyler?
2: Of, I said Tyler. You said Tyler,
1: I? and I think it's, I believe it's
2: Taylor Gushu. It's Gushu. Yes. Uh, Sorry. You know. So, you know why Tyler I say Gushu, Gushu because uh, that's how Elzali pronounced it, and I just love the way that sounds. Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I thought, hey, I'll 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 cop to it. You yeah. know, I'd only seen his name written until it's, yesterday. It is Gushu. I was yes. it Taylor
2: Gushu. And I definitely um, got, but, I definitely tweeted Taylor, and then I said, wait, is it Taylor or Tyler? And and everyone was like, "Oh, it's Tyler, just to mess with me." And I'm like, "Ah, oh, crap! I got to delete my tweet." And they're like, "No, it's Taylor." So <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's why at Cubs had to delete their tweet that announced. I, I don't actually know what they messed up in the tweet, but they they tweeted that roster move <laughs> and then deleted it and then resent it. And in my head, I'm going to decide now that it's because they also called him Tyler, <laughs> Tyler Guzhu.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, it's, it's a. Yeah. I mean, it's just a mess right now, and. I, I don't want to judge this team on their last six games, I but, I mean, this is where they're at. This is where they're at. They're banged up. I don't think this is who they are. I think this is where they're at, and I think it's hard to turn around from this in the next month just – with everything that I said, I don't know how long Rizzo and Brian are going to be out. And I really don't know how good they're going to be. If they do come back, that's I mean to me that completely changes everything. And, and it wasn't, it wasn't focused in. We, we didn't focus in enough on that these past three days because so much madness happened on the field. That was hard to, but that, that is something that is going to completely change the outlook of this month. And then here's the other thing, Brett, Where are they going this weekend? They're going to Cincinnati. How do they do in Cincinnati? How does that offense, how does that Cincinnati offense do against this pitching staff? How about the fact that this bullpen is down their second best reliever, just pitched, uh, what, seven and a third or uh, six and a third innings yesterday, uh, is completely gassed, uh, and then they're going to have to pitch against Jesse Winker and Nick Castellanos? It's not This weekend, I'm telling you right now, it's... I don't think it's going to go very well this weekend in Cincinnati. I, I, they maybe they surprised me. They they did it before. I just don't see how this weekend goes well with the way the offense is playing and how banged up the and how banged up the team is in general, and then how uh, worn down the bullpen is. This could get pretty ugly. They could, we could be talking about a five hundred team come July fourth.
1: Well, I mean, you nailed it. Like, think about how often we focus on and fixate on the rotation perhaps too easily because that was the thing before the season started that we could already see was going to be a potential issue. But like, as you noted, the bullpen that had carried the Cubs early and helped them disproportionately succeed in the win loss column relative to maybe overall performance has been burned up. I mean, Tepera is the perfect example of it. We talked about it last time that, you know, whatever, to the extent his calf injury was contributing to his recent struggles you know it feels like it could have been like a wear and tear kind of thing where it's like yeah he's got a calf strain but it's like it's calf strain because he's just been like constantly grinding away and leaned on so heavily and we knew some regression was coming for the bullpen group um but for it to come at the same time that the offense went through not only just the injuries, but like it was one of the worst months in the history of the organization. <laughs> Offensively, we barely even talk about that. Yeah, you know we, and I get why. Again, it's like the the rotation was in focus for a lot of reasons. The bullpen gets a lot of attention because it's been so critical, and so any warts that show there are like oh shit. Um, but, but the offense, I mean, it was a joke. It's they were breaking terrible. records every day for like how many strikeouts. And, and again, I made the joke that um, you know what, one of the lineups that might have been. Might have been the opener against Brewers, but I was like, oh, look at this great split squad lineup. Oh, wait a minute. It's June. Um, And some of that is it's just not their fault. They just had they had a ton of injuries happen at the same time. And no team is going to field a beautiful lineup when they are missing Mm -hmm. Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, Nico Horner, David Bodie, uh, Matt Duffy just a million guys who otherwise by this point in the season would have been like, Oh, now you've, you know, he's a solidified, a nice lineup. And I want to afford the team some grace for that because like, you're going to perform shittily if that's your, if that's who you have available to say nothing of the fact that like Wilson Contreras, God, God bless him. He's up to what, like a million innings more than the next heavily used catcher in baseball. Of course he's, Wearing down, like, of course, his performance at the plate is suffering. Of course, I mean, we it, it's not like we haven't seen that before with him. I remember getting fired up back in many Joe Madden years for him <laughs> leaning on Contreras too heavily, and like that's why it's so important to have a good backup. That's why when Victor Caratini came along, it was like, Oh, fantastic, finally, an excuse to rest Contreras more. Now, he didn't. uh In fact, I remember looking back and I'm like, Oh my god, you were wearing this guy out. Uh, this year, it's like all right, I have understanding for David Ross wanting to play Contreras every day because the difference between him and the available backups is like just the most extreme drop-off at any position on any team in baseball. But, you know, the accumulation is going to show and like, it's July 1st. I mean, if you were going to be competitive, like, what the hell? You can't be competitive for another three months playing Wilson Contreras six and a half games out of every week.
2: Yeah, I can't remember. I don't know he, why. I,
1: I don't know why I transitioned No, I but somehow. I guess I, I guess that had been. He's in also me. having a
2: solid yeah. season. I just I, I wanted to make sure that the last three games I couldn't remember exactly. Like like I said, I don't remember what the team did anymore offensively. I can barely that that first inning feels like a month ago. Uh, d- like how many hits do they get after that first inning? Do you even know? I was I meant to look this up before the podcast, but one or two. I think Ortega was, had a single.
1: It was a small enough number. I I don't remember offhand but it was a small enough number where like the discussion of the Brewers bullpen success in the game it was like oh my god and they only gave up one hit or one walk or whatever and,
2: and it was like no no, no it, you were facing you were facing the Cubs yeah you don't get to claim any no kind of credit I mean the Cubs couldn't and that was like I yeah. Honestly, th- I rarely do this, but I stopped scoring the game in the fifth inning. I never do that. I always score it. blowouts, whatever. I was too busy writing and, and like trying to look up every Jake Arrieta statistic I could to see just how rough it had been. Uh, but it, like, that's that's. I don't think that's a sign of a team giving up. I think that's a sign of a team that their offense is just a mess. Like so many things are a mess right now. And I think when we talk about getting healthy, when we talk about all these different things, it's uh, trying to compete buyers or sellers. It feels silly when you watch them perform. When you see that, it's like, why are we talking about this? I mean, isn't this obvious? Isn't this, uh, you know, yeah, give them till the end of the month. But don't we know what's coming? Don't we see it? And and that's. Well, can I. Can I give you the response? Because
1: I I agree with you completely. But there is a response. And I can tell there's people listening right now. And they're like, well, 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 well. And the response is this. It's, yeah, but Rizzo will come back. Bryant will come back. And maybe Bryant will get over the funk that he was on. Javi, he showed us in May. He still has good months in him. So he'll get over it, too. So right there, boom, boom, boom. There's three huge offensive contributors. That's a third of your lineup that gets transformed just from that. And, like, maybe you're still an Ian Hat buyer. Hey, by the way, Ian Happ has every single year of his career, by the end of it has been well above average overall offensively. Like this is unusual for him. You can't say like, "Oh, he's just being Ian Happ." No, he's no. never been like this before. Yeah. Jason Hayward, it's like, yeah, maybe he's maybe he's toast now. Maybe, but he was pretty great last year. Like and you've you've pointed out a million times, once he finds his his trigger moments, once he finds his timing, he can be solid. So like
2: there is. There are, you're right. There's I, again, optimism. I agree with you.
1: There are responses. There are responses. Yes.
2: Yeah. And I. And uh, you know, I'm doing my best not to be colored by the last six games. Uh, they they did a great job of weathering this month until the last six games. It, which, you know, <laughs> like it's tough. It was a really tough stretch. There were two West Coast trips. They showed up back home at four in the morning twice during this month. It was. Once that first West Coast trip started in San Francisco, I think it was eight of twenty-six games uh, uh, at home. That's it. They they barely were at home. This weird. This they're in the middle of this weird trip where they're L.A. to Milwaukee to Cincinnati. Like that's those are tough trips. Those are. I mean, you're going from you know West Coast time, Central time to East Coast time. Uh, it's just. It, this is this is kind of a mess for them. Like this this month happened. I think the combo of the injuries, uh the pitching staff, uh you know, the starting pitching staff and this schedule of June. I think it's I think you'd rather it happened now than in September, right? The when was the dreadful uh travel schedule? That was 2018. Yeah. Yeah, so 2018 we saw it happen in September. We've talked about this before too, right? you want the collapse to happen before the trade deadline i think that's what we saw and you know as much as i like was convinced that may there was something to may and i kind of do have this uh, desire to see what joe madden joe madden what david ross uh, could do with a healthy with this bullpen healthy and fresh in October I'm really curious I would like to see it I would like to see Justin Steele healthy and Keegan Thompson fresh and and Tapera and Chafin to Kimbrell I'd love to see what what like uh, I mean I like seeing creative creativity play out in the playoffs right I, it, it would be interesting I, w- I want to see if alzaally could could make it to there and and what what he does performing under the bright lights. I'm not I don't think it's realistic to see that anymore to expect that anymore to see that lineup with Nico and Duffy in there and and facing that's what I really yeah. wanted to see in June. I wanted to see Nico yeah. and Duffy in that lineup against tough pitching because that's what yep. they do best. battle tough pitching and then that makes it all the more easy for when I easy in quotes uh, for guys like Rizzo O'Brien and Javi and Wilson. We didn't get that, and that's that's what I I just wish we could have seen it and and know had a better idea. But I, I think it's too late now. I just don't think even if they come back, even if those guys get healthy, because well, Duffy's yeah, I mean, Duffy's, Duffy's not coming
1: back for three weeks anyway. So
2: yeah, and I at, at I don't really least. trust. I I that that worries me deeply. What what's going on with him? I I don't know. Like uh, the fact that it's lingered this it was, long.
1: Well, and it's concerning. So they transferred him to the sixty day. Um, earlier this week and that might not seem like a big deal because he was already going to be out about 50 days um, no matter what. And so it's like, well, you know, open up the rest spots only 10 days. Well, it's it's 10 extra days at the most critical point of your season. So if you had any hope at all that he was going to be back when he was hoping to be back, which was the all-star break, You would never transfer him to the 60-day. You'd be like, we desperately need him back. So the fact that they were willing to do that to me is, it was a little like, oh, okay, that's not great.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right.
1: um i think to um, we should note that there's there hasn't been enough time quite yet to evaluate this but uh, the early returns on the post sticky stuff enforcement era and the cubs offensive response to it has not been i mean it's nothing to stand out nothing where you're like oh now that that's changed these guys are really turning it around and that is i think remarkable in so yep. in as much as like that has been the case for a, a number of other hitters and so on the one hand it's like oh i guess they were equally well equipped to hit in that era and this one um but no I, special boosts
2: but yeah, well, again it's early it's we'll early see. and but i like, and i do think they're in funks and banged up uh i am curious like i i would have w- for all the of all the players on the team i think ian hap would have benefited from it most and I haven't seen it. We saw a little bit of a flash there. Was it LA? And then, where did he hit the homer? Was that Milwaukee? The first? Yeah, he had a he had a nice yeah. first game, right, uh, in the Milwaukee series. And that's the thing. Like, I mean, you look at that series; there are two blowouts. That first game wasn't real. they were that was a good game. That was a really fun, entertaining game until that eighth inning. The second game was. Solely on the offense, right? That's this is what we've been talking about for years. Like how, like how can you do that? Like <laughs> one run, your your pitcher finally gives you innings. You you have a chance to win this game, and, and you can't score more than one run. And then we, we've talked about uh, the Wednesday game plenty, but it it didn't. Those it looked like the Brewers when you look at that series that they were dominant and significantly better. This is why I vacillate between. This team is cooked, and they're not as bad as some of the this last six uh, made them look, right? Let me ask you, uh, and maybe
1: this is where we'll leave it. And I ask this not because I'm not looking for a hot take. I'm not even trying to espouse this way of thinking, but we're just coming off this series. And it is, I think this is a fair and important question and consideration as we think about what should the Cubs do. You just saw the Brewers for three more games. It's a slightly reformatted Brewers team than what they were earlier this year, when, by the way, they were kind of dominating the Cubs as it was. Um, is even when the Cubs are back to full strength, it, is this Cubs team clearly better than the Brewers, than this Brewers team? Yeah, if, I mean, if, the, if everything's. Everything's in place for the Cubs. If if everything's uh, in they... place
2: for the Cubs, I think the the Brewers have a better like they obviously have a better starting rotation, right? There's I I don't think that's debatable. Uh, they have one of the best starting yeah. rotations, I would argue. Yeah, and then and then you look at the bullpens. So we're talking everybody's full strength and healthy, and and they're performing. Or are we just saying they're healthy? Well,
1: they're they're fully healthy, and they are. There aren't there isn't any extraneous like, well, you know, Chris Bryant's healthy, but he just something went completely wrong with his swing. And so, you know, yeah. there's nothing like that that, like, corrupts the question that I'm trying to ask. you. Yeah. I don't, but I also don't want to say they're healthy and they're all dominating.
2: Yeah, oh, I guess like my like I, it's hard to answer because I just wonder if the Cubs bullpen is just too far gone now. Like, I really am concerned that that these guys are just got beat up too early and it, and it's now it's going to take a toll it's like too late because the pitching like I don't know how you recover really like it, it's hard it's gotten to that point where it's how do you like okay maybe Tapera gets this break and this will help him right 10 days off uh what? Wh- however they handle that whatever goes on there maybe maybe uh, I guess ultimately if I have to answer the question I'd say the Cubs probably have the better offense right I don't think this Brewers offense is what it was the past three days or two of the three days right it,
1: but i bet it's better than it's been and and i'm not saying i already buy the you know resurgence of keston hero since he came back uh you know because he the, something was deeply wrong with him earlier on uh obviously jackie bradley jr is off um the the shortstop that they added from willie the adams Rays. yeah yes uh, I'm not sure that he's quite this good, but right. but also Christian Yelich hasn't broken out yet. So I don't know. I don't. I, I, statistically, they were just uh, this truly abysmal offense early on. Uh, I don't think they're good, but I think they're probably better.
2: Yeah, they're than probably they yeah. And I mean, if we're being honest, they're probably the better team. Yeah, I mean, I think the starting pitching puts them over. I, I haven't paid enough attention to their bullpen, but I think it's overall pretty good if
1: not it's it's pretty standard uh, yeah. brewers fair yeah with Devin williams has, has not been yeah, he what looked, he was last year he looked off and he hasn't looked at either and that's a big i mean that's you know that's a notable point although hater by contrast looks like the absolute best version of himself yeah that's uh, what i was
2: so. i mean i was when i was thinking of like who's better than Kimbrel. like on the trade market there's no one but if you're gonna talk about it overall like that's probably one of the few guys you could make the argument for who's better than Kimbrel this year uh yeah i, I would have to again i really feel like these last six games are making it hard to be positive yeah. <laughs> and then find the find the you know bright light there but you know i i do think there's uh I do think you'd have to say the Brewers, even at full strength, the Brewers are the better team. I I don't – I still believe that May was real, but I don't – it's just so hard to get it back, to capture it all back. Now with everybody banged up, I just don't trust these guys to be fully healthy. I think they're going to try and come back, and they're going to be trying to play through little things because that's what they want to do because they want to win. They want to get back in this race. So I'm sure it tore them up to not be able to play in that two-to-one game. I mean – Chris Bryant was out on the front on the steps, right? With a bat and a, and a helmet. That was a decoy. He wasn't ever stepping in that game. He knew that David Ross knew that he wasn't healthy. I don't know. Like fans were so mad. Like, oh, these, why didn't David <laughs> like, Ross, he, like like, like what? Bryant
1: walked up the step, got his helmet. Ross is like, go get him, son. And KB's like, ah, you know what? I stood up there on the top step and my side started barking at me. And yeah. I just, I can't, I can't do
2: it. Skip. Or like David Ross is like, you know what? This game isn't that important. After saying or, before no, the game how important this series yeah. is, <laughs> no, what it really was is he's about to
1: send KB out there, and he's like, wait a minute, you know who's a better matchup here, Jose Lobaton?
2: Well, you, he's a switch hitter, isn't he? So let's uh, and and
1: hey, in all seriousness, hope for a, a, a yeah, nice recovery for him from from that. That was a real. That was a an extra blow there at the end of, of that one. But um, yeah, I mean, I asked the question about the relative uh, competitiveness of the teams only because it's that, that is the team who the Cubs are going to have to pass. Yeah. And they are six games back now. And so you kind of would have to believe that the combination of the Cubs being better and slightly more favorable schedule for the Cubs going forward, you'd have to believe that's enough to overcome six games. And while I say it's possible um, and I say I- I'm on board and I have espoused this now, it's just wait to the All-Star break. Don't do not do anything. Don't decide anything, whatever, to the All-Star break. Let's evaluate then. But if you're asking me as I sit here today, do I think that this Cubs team is justifies being held together, even if this deficit stays at this level to the end of July? And I would say, no way, not, not at all. Um, and that's based maybe less on a six game deficit and more on just the things that we've talked about in terms of what do we expect well, from this team in the second half
2: one more before we go I, we last time we said what's the over under and we said three games they can be buyers four games yeah let's see and five games are out do you, do you still buy that if they're three games Gosh. if yeah. they're three games Isn't out that, and is the, that so weird yeah like two days later
1: yeah those two it's Two days later, I'm I now feel. It, it feels a little less justifiable. Yeah, right. And,
0: it's so and bad. I think huh? it's,
2: we're we're riding it's, the it's, roller coaster, it, is what we're doing. Yeah, Jed, and Jed I, and can't I'm be doing not that. To. Jed Hoyer cannot I'm be tr- doing that. He has to no pull back and really look. But at don't this. you feel
1: like? But don't you feel like we learned a little bit in the two gate Because it yeah. isn't just like oh these are really bad results. It's, yeah, it's the The reckoning in the bullpen, like it just feels yeah. more like, oh shit! I think this is worse than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, and you know, I'm seriously concerned about, about,
2: about the bullpen. Yes, and the injuries. The, you know, the, I'm, I'm very yeah, worried Tepera, about Bryant. And, and Tapera like
1: struggling even more and then getting injured. That's very concerning. And we have a Tommy Nance. He's getting optioned down again. Mm-hmm. Um he's not the same. I mean, you know, we don't have to be explicit here, but he's not the same pitcher. He's he's it's like, as if he was literally transformed into a different pitcher, And so you suddenly just lost two of your best pitchers in the bullpen that was carrying your team. And like, I feel like the last two days really underscored that. So that's why I think maybe I don't think it's, I don't think we're being meatballs to say that over under now feels, it feels like if they keep looking like this, but somehow are, you know, three beat up on back.
2: bad teams and the Brewers yes. lose a few to good. And teams. Yeah,
1: I feel like I'm to the place where it's like if if Jed decided to sell at that point, it's probably going to be easier to sell me on the idea that, look, we, we took a hard look looking ahead and we just didn't we just couldn't see this really playing out in a positive way for us. Um, so but I guess I guess the flip side of that is you got to let it play out. and We got to see because if you're actually going to close the six game gap to a three game gap, that means something positive happened or the brewers fell apart and the brewers had a bunch of injuries. And, you know, so that's, that's the other reason why for as, as gratifying as it would be to fans for us to hop on this podcast and be like, that was the game. It's over. Sell, break them up. <laughs> we can't do that because uh that's it, just not pragmatic. And uh, like I have said, he's going to have something at the Athletic, on that, and I will have a, a version of that conversation uh, at Bleacher Nation. Nice little way to drop in, like where are we write. So, yeah, you folks, you go. can read our stuff. <laughs> um, but uh, also, make sure you are rating, reviewing, subscribing, checking us out wherever you get your podcasts. We're on to Waveland. It is the Cubs podcast here at the Athletic. Again, that's Sahadev Sharma. I'm Brett Taylor. Moondog, Patrick Mooney, aka Gallagher, will be back with us next week. Hopefully, he has enjoyed his respite from both us and this team. And uh, we appreciate you listening. Have, uh, have, I hope you have a wonderful weekend, a safe and healthy and happy 4th of July, uh, all that good stuff. And uh, we'll be back at you next week. Take care, folks.